You're listening to Teach Me Thy Statutes, a production of the Ephesus School Network. Blessed art thou, O Lord, teach me thy statutes. The company of the angels was amazed. Hi, this is Father Aaron Warwick with Jason Everett, and you are listening to the Teach Me Thy Statutes podcast, episode number 119. Today's reading is from Matthew chapter 5, verses 42 through 48. The Lord said, Give to him who asks you, and from him who wants to borrow from you, do not turn away. You have heard that it was said, You shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies, bless those who curse you, do good to those who hate you, and pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you, that you may be sons of your Father in heaven. For he makes his sun rise on the evil and on the good, and sends rain on the just and the unjust. For if you love those who love you, what reward have you? Do not even the tax collectors do the same? And if you greet your brethren only, what do you do more than others? Do not even the tax collectors do so? Therefore you shall be perfect, just as your Father in heaven is perfect. Today I have a few practical questions regarding this passage. And the first is related to the opening verses uh, from this reading in Matthew chapter 5, where Jesus addresses giving and lending to those who ask, seemingly without regard to their ability to repay. So, Father, what should our expectations uh, be when we give or lend, and and how do we discern whether or not to give or lend uh, to one person and, and not another? Well, very good questions, Jason. As you said, they're quite practical questions that we need to grapple with. And so let me begin by noting that this rather brief passage you read today is part of a much larger passage in Matthew chapter 5, where Jesus is giving instructions like this. So it's part of a bigger picture. And I think from that bigger picture, you can see that Jesus' teaching is, in fact, quite practical. And to that point, Jesus is not telling us to be taken advantage of or to give our money to just anyone, certainly not telling us, for example, to give more money to someone who is already wealthy who asks for it. So obviously there are some things that we should consider as you hinted at. Okay, so what are some of those things and and then how do we decide uh, to give to one and not another? Well, for each of us, money is, of course, finite. Uh, We don't have an endless supply, so we do have to make these decisions, and I think there's no doubt that a holistic biblical worldview requires us to act as good stewards. And what does that mean to be a good steward? Well, I think the first thing we need to understand about it is that we realize we're not the owners of our money. And that's an important distinction, especially in our society and culture, because I think we do have that view that we are owners of it, that it belongs to us. But a correct biblical view is that everything we have belongs to God, and that includes our money and material possessions. And so being a good steward recognizes that God has given us these things. In this case, we're speaking about money, but he's given this in order for us to use appropriately according to his will. So that's the very first thing about being a steward is recognizing that our money is actually God's money, and therefore we will give an account to him, our master, for how we use that money. Good. That's very helpful. A uh, helpful uh, perspective about stewardship there, Father. So in light of that, how do we decide who to give to? Yeah, again, so as I mentioned there earlier, that our money is finite. We have to make decisions. We can't just have an unlimited supply of it. So I want to note, I think, you know, that there are many approaches that are correct. There are, of course, ways and approaches that are incorrect as well. But there's no one right way, no one right answer. There are many ways that we could do it correctly. 
with that in mind, I do think there are some guiding principles that we can use. One of the first, I would say, is to give to people and to organizations that will be accountable. Now, I, I do know some people who give to every beggar they see. And while you know, I've gone back and forth and struggled with that at times myself, whether it's a good pr- approach or not, I really can't say that it's wrong. Uh, and especially considering that when most people do that, they're you know, giving some spare change and not something that probably impacts their lifestyle. Um, so it's not a huge amount of money. But when we're talking about larger sums of money, I think it's actually extremely important that we ensure that the money is being used responsibly and with some accountability. And again, being a steward implies that we will not be wasting money. And just as we're bad stewards, if we live extravagantly, if we think that the money belongs all to us, so also we can be bad stewards if we give large sums of money to people that we know have a high probability of misusing that money. Maybe you could give us uh, some examples of what you mean by that. Oh, yeah, certainly. So on an individual level, if we know there's a high probability that a person will use money to gamble or to drink or uh, use drugs excessively, then probably it's not a good use of any large sum of money. Now, arguably, we could actually start you know, to enable people in those situations by giving them more money. So we're being extra bad stewards in that case. But I don't think the spirit of what Jesus is saying here means that we solve every problem by giving money. Uh, on a larger organizational level, it's good to see how the organization uses the money to determine how effective its programs are, how well they reach their stated goals of helping people and so forth. And these are important things for us to consider. Good. I appreciate those uh, examples, Father. And so let's move on to some other verses in today's reading. Uh, but before I do that, I do have one last question on the verses about giving and lending. What should uh, be our expectations when we give or lend? Yeah, I, I, I like that question because I think it's really important. Uh, one of the things that I believe is, is most important is to not attach strings to our giving unless those strings are attached and noted up front. Uh, again, uh, as part of being a good steward, sometimes it's necessary to attach strings, so to speak, to ensure that the, that the gift is going to be used wisely and appropriate. But these should always be negotiated and stated up front. They should be reasonable, and they shouldn't be done for the purpose of us trying to control or manipulate or micromanage everything. So, you know, I understand it's a broad statement. There are many specifics we don't have time to discuss. Certain things are a case-by-case basis, but I think every person needs to examine themselves and their intentions uh, to ensure that they're not trying to excessively control, that they're not trying to be the judge. We only have one judge. But once you give to someone, then you should not attach any other strings. And I just want to give an example, so hopefully offer some clarity since we can't go by you know every case that comes up. But someone once told me about a person to whom they gave money, and then later they were criticizing how that person used some of their money overall, not necessarily uh, even specifically related to the gift that they had given them, but just in general, how that person spent money. And my caution to them was not to be judgmental of the person to whom they gave. If you know that they need help and they do use the money that you gave them for the stated reasons, then you know it's not right for us to start being judgmental of other areas of their life where we think they could do better, where they 
make mistakes. We all make mistakes ultimately. And some people that, especially those that might not have as many resources, uh, may struggle more, um, coming out of those mistakes. And so I think it just gets us into a dangerous territory. Very helpful for that example, Father. Thank you. So moving on uh, from those opening verses, Jesus later states that we are to, quote, love your enemies, bless those who curse you, do good to those who hate you, and pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you. So we live in a world where this is practiced uh, very little, I think, especially in today's really uh, polarized climate. So how can we work towards this ideal in our everyday lives? Yeah, again, another question I think we all need to ask ourselves, especially as you noted in today's polarized environment. But in terms of working towards living out this ideal, I think it's uh, important for us to note the basis on which Jesus teaches us that we should have this love of enemy. Namely, he points to God himself, who, as Jesus says, makes his sun rise on the evil and on the good and sends rain on the just and on the unjust. So Jesus here invokes God and even what we might call the natural order of the world as the very basis for this behavior that he seeks in us. And I think it's so important because ultimately, it seems to me, it's the only thing that separates us from the other animals. To me, it seems that being in the image of God gives us this unique ability to overcome our biological impulses and to behave, as Jesus just noted here, to behave as God behaves. Yes, and as Jesus pointed out in our reading today, even people like the tax collectors who were despised by his hearers, even they are good to people who are good to them. So even the worst of human beings in general have this tendency to be kind to those who are kind to them. Yeah, absolutely. And so that's how I think of this in my own life when I'm struggling with loving someone who has not been kind or who does things that really bother me, annoy me. I remind myself that unless I'm kind to them in response to their unkindness or their unpleasantness, uh, that uh, I'm simply behaving as any animal. And I think most of us human beings view ourselves, we should, according to the biblical way of life, we should view ourselves as being higher. We understand we have this capability to transcend, as I said, these biological impulses. And so again, personally, that's my strategy here. I just continually remind myself that to live like any animal is to underachieve what God has intended for us. It's to fall short of what I, as a human being, have the unique capability to do. Then finally, of course, I remind myself of how God behaves as Jesus described in this passage, but also about how I proclaim that he's behaved towards me, specifically how he's been kind and forgiving to me when I make mistakes. And as we've stressed numerous times on this podcast, what he asks in return is simply for us to extend that same mercy, that same kindness and love to others. So I cannot correctly, from a biblical perspective, claim that love and forgiveness of God, and most especially uh, that love and forgiveness when I was unkind towards him, and then turn around and withhold it from those who are being unkind or unpleasant with me. Thank you, Father. Today we discussed some practical implications of our reading from Matthew chapter 5. We began with the question of discerning when to give and to whom we should give. Father then reminded us that we must first understand that we are not the owners of our money. And furthermore, everything we have belongs to God. As such, our obligation as a good steward is to use our money appropriately, recognizing 
that we will have to give an account to God for how we used our money. When making decisions on where we should direct our giving, we should do our best to ensure the money will be used responsibly and with some accountability. Father also suggested that it's important that we do not attach strings to our giving unless those strings are attached up front. And even then, those stipulations should be reasonable and not done for the purpose of micromanaging the recipient. We then discussed Jesus' command to love our enemies. And in trying to understand how to live out this teaching, we should remember that being made in the image of God gives us the ability to overcome our biological impulses. We are naturally inclined to be kind to those who are kind to us. But if we do not also show that same love and mercy to those we count as our enemy, then we behave as any other animal. And this behavior falls short of our potential as a human being. We should behave as God behaves, how he behaves towards us, providing us with his love and mercy so that we would share it with others. Thank you for listening to Teach Me Thy Statutes. We hope you tune in next week for a new episode. Alleluia, glory to thee, O God. Alleluia, 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 glory to thee, O God. O our God and our